Hello everyone, it's lovely to have your company on this podcast recording with me, uh, Barry Jabraj. I work for the Medicines Use and Safety team at SBS and I've got my friend and colleague Mel Russland, who's a consultant pharmacist in end-of-life care. And Mel, thank you so much for joining us and uh, giving us the example today. Something that really struck me as we were preparing for this was how, as a consultant, as an experienced pharmacist, it's still not easy making clinical decisions. And sometimes you can feel, have I done the right thing? And it's not just kind of a piece of cake, is it? It's really Absolutely. something. Um, and I got the impression when we were, before we pressed the record button of the patient that you were telling me about, that it was complex, but it took a lot of thinking about for you making the decision and how you felt about it. So it will be really good to get into that. I just wondered if you could just sort of introduce yourself, your your experience, because you've got experience in primary care and just very briefly what you're doing now. Yeah. So firstly, thank you very much for, for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure to come and speak with you. Um, so I am a consultant pharmacist for palliative and end of life care in a big hospital. Um, Within um, my remit, we also have a community palliative care team as well as a hospital palliative care team. Um, and I do a couple of clinical sessions a week where I am patient facing, which is great because seeing patients is absolutely the most important thing to me still. Um, but I get asked to see the most complex ones, so I don't get the easy ones. Um, I get the complex ones where it's thinking about roots of medicines or something doesn't quite look right with the drug chart or we've got a feel that something um, maybe isn't just quite where we think it would be um, best in palliative care. Um, all of that being said, I've been sort of like working in hospital for almost three years, but my previous sort of like 10 years experience of that was with a community Macmillan team. So I've got a lot of primary care experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's always useful for primary care colleagues to know that I'm not just speaking from a hospital. Yeah, um, yeah. I spent many, many years um, trapping around the community in my car. Yeah. Oh, well, brilliant, man. This is partly why we wanted to, to have you along. You sort of see things from, from the two sides. And the patient that you told me about sounded particularly tricky and you had decisions to make on the hoof uh, and, and in, in quick time. So I just wondered if you could tell our listeners a little bit about the situation you were in and the decision that you had to make. Yeah, sure. Um, so we were asked to go and see a patient on one of our wards. And that was myself and a nursing colleague, because we often work in pairs or um, we do ward rounds as well. So we have our medical consultant with us as well. Um, we were asked to go and see this patient who was suspected to be in the last, um, so like days to weeks of life was the referral, but it was actually quite different when we got there. I actually think the patient was was dying, um, sort of like within the last few hours to short number of days of life. Um, and it was tricky because obviously the patient was unresponsive, so couldn't answer our questions. Um, and this was the first time we had met the patient. Mm. So it's a little bit more difficult because um, you can see what's in front of you. So you can use your eyes and your experience and your knowledge to see the person in front of you. But what you can't hear from them is how they feel. Mm. Also, what is important to them? Because I can't decide if pain is a problem. I can look and tell you if somebody looks like they're in pain, but I can't tell you whether that's an issue to the patient yeah. or whether they're OK with that. There were some family present in the room, so we used them to get some background of how they felt things had been in the last few hours. So had the patient changed, had the PRN medicines that they'd been given been helpful, how long did they last for, um, but also what was important to the patient from, 
from conversations that they'd had mm. as well. Yeah. Um, and what was quite important to all of this was the fact that as we arrived on the ward, the one of the ward nurses was actually going in to give the patient quite a um, a big PR endos of one of the medicines that we felt was potentially actually a little bit too big. Right. Um, and so possibly just bigger than needed. So we actually asked that to be held until we'd done our consultation because it may well have actually changed the clinical picture for us a little bit. Um, and we wanted to to kind of get in there first to to see the patient. Um, and then as a continuance of, sort of like the history taking and information gathering, obviously we use our electronic records. So we'd already reviewed all of that before we'd got to the patient. Um, spoke to the nurse as well, and then had to go and have a conversation with the the home team caring mm -hmm. for that patient. And um, because we are a consultative service as a palliative yes. care team, so the patient isn't under our care. So we go and advise um, when we're asked for our input. But I can't take control no. of what's happening with that patient. That's not my job. And um, so then there was a bit of a, a discussion and some some shared decision making on what was going to be best for this patient based on what we had seen in our experience of an end of life patient. Yeah. Um, as to what then was was required. And there was a little bit of work and discussion and a, a finding of a middle ground, um, right. which wasn't entirely comfortable. No. Throughout the okay. whole but we got there in the end. OK, so. Thank you, Mel. So it sounds like you were caught, you were arriving when this medicine was about to be given and you were thinking, hang on a minute, we're not sure that this is too much. You had a medical team on the ward that you then needed to go. I mean, we talk about intervening, but, you know, you needed a discussion with them to put the view and it was you know these things aren't always easy are they with you know a pharmacist making an intervention with with a consultant so what for you were the dilemmas for this case and that decision so i think in the first instance it was actually we had seen um the prn medicine written up on the drug chart and my colleague and i had both remarked and said oh that that's maybe a little bit more than we actually think um, we would normally use. Mm. And why why are we why are we going down that road? But we didn't realise literally as we arrived that this was and I literally mean I greeted the nurse at the door of the patient's yeah. room. Yeah. So there was this brief moment where you have to stop and think, do I do I let this go ahead? Do I not? How much responsibility lies on my shoulders? And the truth is the responsibility for the medicine is not on my shoulders because no. I'm the person who prescribed it and I'm not the person administering it. However, I did need to intervene because I wasn't entirely sure that it was right. So yeah. there is a moment where you have to stand and think really quickly and take a deep breath, kind of pull your socks up and say, can you just not do that right now? And just think, yeah. I'll take responsibility for this. And if a consultant comes and challenges me on why I've stopped something, then yeah. I will tell you why I've done it when I get there. But that is the safest thing to have done. Yeah. And it is the right yeah. thing for the patient. So I remind myself of that and my discomfort comes second to that. Yeah. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing and and in terms of you know when you went to discuss things with the medical team and you've described that you got a middle ground in the end was how how have you as somebody who's experienced got to the situation where you feel do you know what i am going to do this thing i'm going to make that um intervention and i'm going to have that discussion with the consultant who's just prescribed that dose well what is it you've developed in order to be able to to, to do that i think probably confidence in myself to question something when i'm not quite sure 
either whether it's right or actually if I want to know more if I don't think something is right I'm probably going to act a bit faster on that if it's just mm. something that I want to know more about well I'm not going to stop somebody giving something just so I can learn more mm. but it was having the confidence to actually go and say I'm not sure quite what we're doing here can we just unpick this a little bit mm. because you've asked for our input and I want to give you that and my mm. experience would say this and your experience says something different so can we find and in between because there's a lot of grayscale and there's more than one way to be correct there's more mm. than one way to be wrong as well so you know i think it was it's about that and i think it is it, it comes with experience and time mm. um which is difficult because that's just something that you've got to to wait to yeah. have isn't it it's not something yeah. that you, it's not something that you can um learn just manufacture yeah. yeah it's not is it it's really yeah. it's really tricky and even all of that being said even though my badge says consultant pharmacist and you know i'm there and i've been asked to see the patient it is still sometimes a tricky conversation to go and say to somebody i'm not quite sure where we're going with this can we just think yeah. about it and i yeah. wouldn't do that and this is x y and z why i wouldn't do that can can we discuss this yes yeah and ultimately knowing in my heart of hearts that if they turn around and say I don't like what you've said. I'm not going to do any of that. Well, I've put my thoughts forward. I've been and I've done my job, which yeah. was to to give this information and this opinion. Yeah. Thank you, Mel. There's two things that are coming in my mind that I'm wondering if our listeners are are wondering. First of all, is you 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 knew your stuff, and sometimes I think if we're unsure of what we know that can add to the dilemma of making a decision because we're not sure of our ground. What would your response be to that? I think if you are uncertain, and that does happen to me a lot, I'll be honest with you, um, if you're uncertain about something, think about how quickly you need to know it. So is it something that you need to learn immediately? So is it something that you can go and find some information on to, to make the best decision? Or is it something you need to think about, right, I need to go away and learn that later, but it's fine to not know about something. Um, we are not the fountain of all pharmaceutical and clinical <laughs> knowledge, as much as it's painful to admit that sometimes. I know that I know a lot about a very, very small amount. Um, and it gets it gets kind of like narrower and narrower the, the, the further you go down into like a specialist yeah. kind of place, if you like. Um, but I think if you're unsure of something, recognise that you don't know it. Go and find out what you need to know. And there are some things that I can also look at and just think, I, I know that I don't need to know that right now. That's an entirely different thing. Yeah. And I will I will park that and I'll probably add it onto a list of something useful to look up later. But if mm. I don't need to fill my brain with it right now, I'll I'll leave it. Um, mm. But I don't think you should ever um, give the impression that you know about something when you don't. Just be really honest. And I, I am quite upfront. If you ask any of my colleagues and say, I, I don't know about that, I'm really sorry. I'll find mm. you somebody who does or I'll go and find out, but don't yeah. leave about it. Yeah, thank you. I think that's reassuring. And what I'm really hearing here, Mel, is that, you know, you're making yourself vulnerable here in terms of with all of your experience. It's OK to feel uncomfortable. It's OK to wonder, am I doing the right thing? Have I done the right thing? But at the end of the day, you knew that you had to advocate for that patient. Yeah, absolutely. And it, sometimes I think you maybe become more vulnerable the more specialist you get to a degree as well because people mm. expect you to have all the answers to everything and that isn't always you, know, you can't always do that mm. um but it, it that is entirely a kind of 
where we are really mm -hmm. sorry just give me one second yeah 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 no that's absolutely fine this is real life Mel. It is. <laughs> this is good and in case you're listening and can't see we just had somebody who came in but that's absolutely fine Mel. the other thing that just really strikes me as well is how our audience might resonate with what you've sort of said how would you like them because they might not see that sort of situation and we're not thinking about the clinical picture it's how making a, a decision has felt for you how would you like our primary colleagues to resonate with what you've described in sharing your experience today so i think there's probably thinking about decision making is like sometimes we make decisions and we think that's a good decision Sometimes you actually don't know how a decision is going to pan out until the next thing happens. Mm. So for me, when I'm making a decision on what medicines I'm going to give to a patient or whether somebody needs a syringe driver or which mm. symptom I'm seeing, I don't always know until further down the line when I can look back and it's that 2020 vision. And that's the mm. glory of hindsight, isn't it? Is it a picture in hindsight and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Learn from what you're doing. So the decision that you make this time, see how it feels remember what you were thinking at the time weighing up all the different things and try and take that feeling and that experience on with you for the next time you need it yeah um so remember how you approach something how it went did you use a particular phrase did you use a particular resource you know what went well what didn't and can you mm -hmm. apply any of that going mm -hmm. forward we don't have the answer to everything and that is difficult. sometimes you have to sit with sort of like uncertainty yeah it's something in palliative care that we're very good at is actually sitting with um, so sort of like discomfort to a degree, both our own and other people's and sitting with uncertainty because we yeah. just don't know. Yeah. And actually, I suspect that there's a lot of uncertainty for all of us in what, what we do. Think like life and practical practice isn't just all about there's guidance there, but we're seeing much more complex patients who don't fit the guidance. <laughs> and that's what we need the expertise for. And that's where that's where it gets really tricky because guidance is only guidance mm. it is it's not set in stone is it and it's i guarantee you the time you need it, your patient will not fit into that guideline so their egfr will not be quite where you think it is or their liver yeah. enzymes will be doing something different or they won't be in the right place they'll be in their own home and you can only do that in a, an inpatient setting yeah. up and it is that's where you have to just start thinking and the truth mm. is as well you don't always have to have the answer yeah sometimes yeah. there aren't answers and it's asking the right questions and having a it discussion. Is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Really well. That really resonates with me with my decision making. Mel, Mel, we could go on. The the, the time <laughs> is gone. It's just uh, been such a delight. And you know, we think first and foremost of the family of that patient that you you cared for, and thank you for the care for that patient and the family. Um, I I just want to say thank you uh, to Mel on your behalf for sharing her experience and. May I say making yourself vulnerable in sharing that it, it isn't always easy. I hope that will give our listeners great comfort in knowing that making decisions aren't always straightforward, but actually it is necessary for us as pharmacists to learn and develop our ways of doing that. And I'm really hoping that Mel's podcast here and the other ones that we've been recording will help you to do that. Um, we would love your feedback on how you have found these podcasts, this one in particular as well, and what we should do more of. Um, I'm going to uh, say goodbye for now and thank you. And please do continue to listen and engage with us. And uh, bye bye for now.